Wow, it's great to be back, isn't it? Man, there's something about worshiping God uh, corporately with, with people around you that just makes difference in, in, in their whole encounter, the whole experience. It's, it's a re- there's a reason why God called these people to gather corporately. Uh, because we, we kind of learn from each other and we, we help each other to connect with God in ways that we wouldn't necessarily do all on our own all the time. So um, it's just great to, to welcome you guys back. Um, my name is JJ, for those of you who don't know me, um, and uh, we'll tell a bit about, more about our story so, uh, during the service, etc. But uh, um, if I sound differently to, you, to, differently to you, it's because God hasn't worked a miracle on your hearing yet, and uh, um, you'll... you'll if you come long enough, you know, it tends to happen. Your, your ears start healing up and you start hearing me properly uh, because uh, we actually come from South Africa. I'm just, I'm just messing around. And uh, so, so I've, I've, I've worked on my accent, right? So I don't say Crowley anymore. I say Crowley. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we've been in Louisiana now for about a year and a half. And God has been just so, so good to us. And we're just... So privileged to be able to be a part of this team that leads this amazing church. And so, um, yeah, I wanted, to, um, I wanted to start our message today, if I can get this thing to unlock. While you do that, I'll just say, if you have your kids in the service, don't stress about them. They're so welcome. If they, yeah. you know, it's all good. So don't worry. Like my boy in the first service, he was like, Dad, got it. It's done. I was like, okay. <laughs> when it was time to go, he was, he was like, man, you're going over. Anyway, so um, for those of you who don't know, uh, about two months ago, Esther and I experienced a very traumatic event. Um, we, um, you know, we, we, got, we, got, we got installed as lead pastors in this church. Yeah. And then the next day they shut us down. It's very hard for us, you know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it was. It was like the worst leadership starts in history. It's like, you know, here, there's a church. No, you ain't having it. <laughs> so we've had to deal with a lot of, you know, um, stress about, you know, are we going to have a church when we get back? And so we're super glad to see every one of you. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, so, so somewhat of this service is a little bit of an introduction about who we are and where we come from. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But the title of the service is, So We're Back. Now what? You know, so, so what? We're back. You know, something needs to happen more than just coming back. Am I, am I, am I talking to the right people here today? God is, yeah. did not mean for us to just get back and then like, oh, well, that was nice. You know, let's go on with the rest of our lives. There's a purpose for us coming together, and He wants us to connect with that today. But there's been other people, you know, on social media that have been asking, you know, what do we do in all these, you know, what do we do in, in the current weirdness and all the weird situations? So I saw this little picture on social media. Somebody said, God, now what? <laughs> it's like everything is changing up, man. Like, we're so weird. Uh, <laughs> um, but like we want to we want to introduce a couple of things today somewhat of about about us but also perspectives thought p- positions if i can put it like that that we as a we want us as a church to really intentionally live by that we know that we, if we do this it'll lead us to growth it'll lead us as individuals to become more like jesus but it it will lead us as a church family to become a better expression of the kingdom of god to our world, which will allow us to bring God's kingdom and bring people into God's kingdom. And, and these are really important because they position us in a particular way to respond correctly 
uh, when time comes uh, about. So um, I want to start off by saying, you know, we want to, we want to, the first point is that as a, as, as a church, I would like us to make the commitment to when we look back at what has gone before us, that we will respect everything that has happened. Everything that has led us up to this point, that we will honor it. And if we do that, we'll be able to see our growth over time. You know, if you look back on your life, are there things that you kind of regret having done? Things that you were like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, man, I I wish I'd never gotten into that. Or, I wish I never took that job or started that business. Or, I wish I never, you know, went into that relationship. Or something like that. There we can easily look back at our lives and go, man, okay, maybe not everybody, because we've got like, you know, three-year-olds in here. It's like, oh, yeah, my life has been so bad. I wish I wasn't born to this parent. No. Um, but, you know, we can look at our, at our lives and we can go, oh, my goodness, um, I see so many mistakes. I see so, many, like, so much junk back there. I want us to, when we look back, not on, on just our lives, but also on this church, when we look back, we see growth. We see God has brought us from a place to this place. And by His grace, we are here now, and it is okay. And what God is busy doing in our lives is always preparing us for what's coming next. And so it doesn't matter whether there was you know, bad stuff or good stuff or whatever. Every little thing is being used by God to prepare you to fulfill the call of God on your life. And so when we're going to look back, we're going to refer to the past we're going to refer to it with honor, recognizing that God has brought us to this place through people and through circumstance, and it is okay. And so with that, I want to, like, I want to, I want to say uh, just a big word of honor to the predecessors that went before us as, as, as leaders. I mean, Pastor Bubba McCann, of the, I don't know if you know him, but he is the founding pastor, pastor of Our Savior's Church in this, in this region. And he started this church in Jennings about 20 years ago. And 14 years ago, they planted with his son, Zach McCann, this congregation. And they've been faithfully laboring the fields of harvest in this area um, by the grace of God and have brought us to a ch- as a church to where we are today. And I am just astounded at, at what, has, what God has been able to do through these leaders in our area. And uh, they've done a great job job to bring us to where we are and a lot of growth have taken place amen if you look around you you see people's lives that have been impacted and changed some out of absolute distressful situations some out of just you know oblivion not realizing that they were even separated from god and stuck in maybe even religion where they were trying to prove their goodness to God, realizing that they couldn't and they had to submit their lives to the grace work of Jesus through people around them sharing those, those thoughts and those truths with them, people like yourself. And so a lot of growth has taken place over the past years, and it has brought us to this place where we are now ready to take on the rest of our future together. And it is our privilege to be running with this team of people, joining the team that have been doing the amazing work and just seeing what God has in store for us next. How many of you are excited about that journey ahead? I am for certain. I'm just so glad to have you along with us on that journey. And so I want my wife is going to go and just show us a little bit of our history. How has God been preparing us? What has he been doing in our lives to bring us into this place where we're ready to lead this congregation into what God has for it uh, moving forward. So over to you, babe. 
So we come from uh, South Africa, like you know, if you didn't. We moved from a city called Cape Town, and we'll show you a picture in a little bit. But before we do that, oh, or now, <laughs> I, can, I can show you the picture. So if you look at that picture to your right, that is Cape Town. It's beautiful. You can do yourself a big favor and go Google some Cape Town pictures. It's, yeah, a, video. Yeah. <laughs> it's white sands and blue water. It's really beautiful. So <laughs> after we surfing came here... Surfing for days. Yeah, surfing for days. <laughs> so we do like Holly Beach, but it doesn't really, you know... I don't know. That's and not we the do same Chuck's appeal. Pond. We surf on Chuck's Pond as well. Yeah. So we we love Holly Beach and Chuck's Pond. You have to improvise. So, <laughs> so if you have a surfboard... <laughs> do you have anyone have a surfboard? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Well, Chuck does. Well, I don't know why. But. Um, you can come surf with us on his pond. It's great fun. JJ broke his toe. He's great. Um, a true story. And uh, <laughs> anyway, that's just some pictures of us and the kids. We just lived around the corner of the beach, and we loved it. Um, <clears throat> so before I go through those pictures, I just want to share with you um, the spiritual family we came from. It's called Every Nation, and it's all about all the nations, different types of people, different uh, cultures, different ages, and that is what we love. We love people that look different from us, not just in age, but also in color and culture. I mean, we're here for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> you think we're the same. We're not. <laughs> we are not Cajun. I'm sorry. We're Afrikaners, but that's very close. Yeah. I'll tell you that. We didn't want any leftover crawfish, if that helps. <laughs> but we did enjoy it when it was hot. Yeah. Um, so we just want to share a little clip from one of our world conferences. We had a, every three years, uh, the movement we're from had a world conference. This will just show you something of who we are, where we come from, and uh, we won't play the whole clip. Organized, don't worry. Okay, great. <laughs> that was too long in the first service. Welcome so to have a look. That you are living for, worth Christ's dying for. A song of hope from sons and daughters crying out. You do not need to confuse your vocation, which is your calling, with your occupational duties. Meaning that you can fulfill your ministry without going into the ministry full time. But to connect without compromise is what God's calling all of us to do. Not the pastors, not the campus missionaries, all of us. Awesome, thank you. So that is 
that is us. So that wasn't every church service. If you were wondering and thinking, oh, my soul, we have to pull that off. No. Um, <laughs> but we have to look like that. You know, we have to represent the world and we have to represent what heaven's going to look like one day. So we're super excited um, about, you know, that. And we just, I mean, we just love people. So, yeah. Um, let me show you the next picture, the second slide of the pictures. So that is just um, the picture to the left top. That is a life group, one of my life groups. So it, you'll see it represents different races. That was kind of very much the same age. But um, <laughs> that was uh, students. We used to work on university campuses, so we love young people. Then to the, to the right, that's the, our three girls with just different countries' flags. And um, then the last picture to the bottom, that is when we left South Africa the day we came over here. Also, so that was a great day, <laughs> sad day, but great day. Great and sad at the great same time. Great and sad time, yeah. at the same time. And then that picture to the right, that's when Pastor Baba and Josh and them prayed for us when we, when we arrived. And to the left, that was a victorious day back in the day. <laughs> sure, it's the day yeah. we got our visas. It was quite the no process. I have no idea how much it was. A, yeah. Oh, my goodness, getting those visas. That was a job. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah, it's a, it's a big job. You have to basically send your whole life into immigration and um, in, a, in, in the form of a file and paper. And so that was the day we got our visas back. It was a, a great day because we actually bought the plane tickets before we got our visas. So we, we were very glad. We were risking it all. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, just a little bit. If you want to know more about us, please come have coffee at our house. And we'd mm. also love to know more about you. Yeah, we do ministry out of our house and out of other people's houses. And so y'all are welcome to come visit at our actual house. Uh, we're not going to live out there secluded from everybody. Um, we love to have people in our place. Um, so we hope, hope to see you there. Um, yeah, and then that's, that's kind of where we come from. And, that, and, and we've seen a lot of growth in our lives. This is the things, the values that God have installed in us as, as, as people, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we hope to share with you guys as, as time goes on. Um, so that's the first perspective. We look back and we see everything that God has done that has brought us to this place, that has grown us to here. The second perspective we want us to really adopt as a family is to, is, is to as when, when we look forward, that we will always see opportunity um, we will see opportunity. And that means that, you know, uh, we will always have hope for the future. It doesn't matter how hard things are going now. We will choose to look forward in hope because we have a living hope that's on the inside of us. That if you, if you connect with that living hope, you cannot do other than looking forward and seeing opportunity seeing God opening up things for you, seeing God fulfilling His promises in your life and making a way for you to do what He has called you to do and to become who He's wanting you to become. There's a scripture in Psalms 2 verse 8. It's actually a prayer that Jesus prayed. Um, well, it's a psalm about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, kind of God is encouraging in Jesus to pray the psalm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it says, Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage. And the ends of the earth, your possession. And we want to agree and partner with that prayer that Jesus prayed. Mm. That we want to ask God to make the nations our heritage and the ends of the earth our possessions. So we want and desire and, um, you know, we want to see that around us. We want to see the nations around us.
Yeah, and, and sometimes it feels a little overwhelming if you yeah. think about, oh my goodness, how am I, how are we going to do this? How are we going to, imp- we're living in Crowley for crying out loud, you know? Well, let me just show you something that we realized as we were praying about coming to Crowley. We realized that this city, from its founding members to businesses that have moved into this place, never saw this place as a restriction to how far and wide it can have an impact. Did you realize that rice that gets harvested in this area starts being distributed from Crowley to over 50 nations in the world? Did you all know that? This place is an exporting pioneer. And so we're going to jump on the back of that and trust God to be able to export the bread of life into the world. But let's just talk about what does that mean for us as individuals and, and how do we respond as a person? So Jesus said that we should make disciples of all nations. And uh, when, you, when you think of reaching the world, it feels a little bit overwhelming and a little bit like impossible. <laughs> so, but in actual fact, if you think about it, it's just you reaching out to one other person, pulling them along, saying, let me help you serve Jesus. Let me help you to see or to learn what I've, I've learned this far. Walking together growing together, not doing it alone. Because I think sometimes we just forget to be intentional. You know, you, you forget to just reach out to your friend, the, your coworker, your neighbor. You know, it's easy when you think about it. It's just me reaching out to one person, building yeah. a friendship and then building together in Jesus. Changing the world one person at a time. And then in Matthew 9, 38, um, 37 and 38, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's telling them, look guys, the harvest is ready. The harvest is plentiful, in fact. But you know what? We need to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers to go and get the harvest. This is a harvest community. We all know that if there aren't workers in the field, the harvest cannot get in. And guess who are those harvesters? It's us. God wants to send each and every one of us into the harvest of souls that he is preparing to get into his kingdom so that we, one by one, person by person, as we, as we serve people's needs and, 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 their, and as we help people along their path to bring them into the kingdom of God. And so let the harvest of the nations come into the kingdom. And, and, and God is wanting to use each and every one of us. This is like that, um, that guy in the video clip said, this is not the work of the pastors. This is the work of everybody, every single believer, every single Christian. And our job is to help you do that. Our job is to help you grow to a place where you're able to influence somebody else to start serving Jesus as well because of your friendship that you've built with them. And so our perspective is always going to be that when we look in, in situations, we see hope. We see opportunity. Like even if there are dire circumstances that we're looking at, like, you know, let's say somebody goes through, you know, let's say for hypothetical sake, you know, a, a worldwide virus gets released somewhere, you know, and, and the whole world shuts down economically and people lose their jobs, you know. That will never happen. Like that will never happen. And so, but <laughs> hypothetically speaking, if that should happen, regardless of the fact that that might happen, you know, we choose to look in hope. We choose to see opportunity. We choose to see a time where God wants to get involved in people's lives and help them through such times. Amen? Amen. And then the third thing I want to share with you today is just that we will always take responsibility of the present. And my dad used to share something with me that I I hated him saying this to me all the time. 
uh, because at that time I had a, a wrong mindset about what it meant to be, um, to be really mature as a Christian. But he, but, but he was right, and he didn't always have the best way to say things because he, in fact, only got saved like way later in his life. But God would still use him to guide me and lead me. And so he would say this to me. He said, boy, don't get so heavenly minded that you become no earthly good. And I used, to, I used to hate him saying that to me because I was all about, you know, the spiritual walk and the spiritual life and etc. Not realizing that if that doesn't translate into me physically, tangibly being a loving help to people around me, well, you know, how is that going to build people into the kingdom of God? If people don't experience me loving them tangibly and, and, and they can't experience God in person through my life. And my dad was right. And that's why we as a family need to always be willing to take responsibility of what's going on in front of us. So here's what I want to tell you. When you open up your eyes in the morning, God wants you to see people. Do not drive by your neighbor without seeing them. Do not sit and work next to your colleague at work for months at end without seeing them. You know how we can just kind of go through life interacting with people, but we're not really seeing them. We're not really seeing what they're going through. We're not even trying to attempt to figure out, you know, where are they at in their relationship with God. God wants us to see the people, our teammates. He wants us to see our colleagues, our, you know, uh, um, whatever forums we're a part of. He wants us to see those people. Like you can see somebody in their person, but you You don't always take the effort to realize who is this person? What are they going through? God wants us to see people. Why? Because he wants us to take responsibility of bringing his love to those people tangibly. And that's the job of this church. That's what this church does great. It's making a difference. Not just, not just passing over people that are going through hard times, but putting out a hand and saying, hey, let me give you a hand up. And we're not too much about giving handouts, but, you know, if it gives you a hand up, that's what we're about. We want to help people back on their feet so that they can start serving Jesus. And so I want us to have that perspective that we'll be aware of what's going on around us. All right. And that, I mean, we already had this week a couple come to us like we've been living in this community for so long, but somehow suddenly we just realized, man, something needs to be done. What can we do to help our community um, uh, to, to save our community, for our community to learn about God. And so we're, we're starting to talk about what can we do tangibly that makes people know that God is aware of them in their, in their situation, that God wants to help them, that God is there for them. If they will reach out, He will grab their hand and He will put them back up uh, uh, to a place where they're, they're on their feet. Um, and and we are not, not only want to see people that are in need, we want to we see all people just period. Like in this verse in, in Galatians 3, Paul, um, who was a great follower of Jesus, writes the following. He says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That means God wants us to no longer think like we're Cajuns or Afrikaners or Americans or South Africans. God wants us to start thinking like we're sons of the King. First and foremost, before we are what we are, how we, where, we, where we grew up. He wants us to identify more with being Christian than with being American. He wants our primary identity to be derived from what Scripture declares over us, rather than what our country and the country's values declare over us. So that when we have to make a decision, whether we're going to obey God 
or whether we're going to go with what's nice and comfortable in our culture, we'll know that, hey, I am first son and daughter of God, so I am going to obey Jesus. He's the Lord of my life, right? And so he says, put on Christ. Christ thought about the world in a certain way. He died for it all. He died for every single person or people, person, single individual. He died for everybody. The same blood and the same sacrifice was equally applied to every single nation's people on this earth. That means it doesn't make us more important than anybody else. In fact, it puts us right at the same level in God's eyes with anybody. He wants us to put on Christ. He wants us to think like that about the people around us. So next time you, 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 you encounter people around you, you need to realize that God values them as much as He's valuing you. And then verse 28 says, There is therefore no more such a thing as being Greek or being a Jew if you're in Jesus Christ. It's talking about different races. In Christ, there are no such thing as different races. There is one human race equally valuable under God in Jesus Christ. And then he says, um, neither Jew nor Greek, nor slave nor free, nor male nor female. In other words, God wants us to start looking differently at the people that work, that work with us. If you have people that work for you, they don't belong to you. You don't own them. In fact, you're becoming their greatest servant in Christ. And your objective becomes to bring them into Christ. Your objective becomes to help them achieve what God has called them to achieve. Because you've put on Christ. You're not longer just boss. No, you're boss, but boss that is governed. And you have a boss. Your boss is Christ. And he determines how we look at people around us. Our colleagues, the people that work with us. We no longer look at them in, in like, okay, you're just from this department or that department. We're seeing ourselves differently. We're seeing ourselves as Christ saw himself, who was willing to go out, reach out, learn about people, so that, and, and, and connect with people, and make a way for them to connect into the kingdom of God. That's how he wants us to see and view ourselves. And then when it comes to women and men, God wants us to see us as equals. And even though there are different roles within the marriage, in society, the call on a woman's life is equal to the call on a man's life and vice versa. And in fact, if you're stepping into marriage, what you're stepping into is you're stepping into the responsibility by God given to make sure that your wife fulfills her calling also because you're becoming the servant leader of that unit. And your job is to make sure that she fulfills God's call in her life as well as you pursue yours. She doesn't become your chief servant. You become her chief servant. And so some of these things we've gotten wrong. And, and God wants us to put on Christ to start thinking like Him. Because we are first and foremost Christ ones, sons of God like Jesus is. And then it says that if you are, if you are Christ's, then you are Abram's offspring. Which means it, we all come from the same dad, spiritually speaking. And and therefore, we are equally heirs to God's promises. They apply equally to each and every one of us. And so when, God, when, when the, the gospel writer in Mark writes, chapter 11, verse 17, he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? And Jesus was contending to the Jews who were very ethnically... Um, and nationalistically 
um, secure and strong and had a strong national identity, had a strong ethnic identity. He was appealing to them saying, it's no longer just about you. Remember, Jews, the Jews were God's chosen people through whom he were to introduce the salvation to the world. But once he did that, the Jews became an equal partner with the rest of humanity. And they have to go through the same gate into the kingdom of God. There's no special entrance for them no more. They have to go through Christ into the same kingdom, the same as you and I have to. And the Jews who refuse to repent and accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of the life will suffer the same fate as every other ethnicity who refuses to receive Jesus as their Savior. Now we trust God that as the first people of God, that no one, that most of, that as, as much as we can, our desire is to see all of them saved, but the same as we see the desire to see every other nation saved. And so Jesus was saying, this ain't just about you. No more. This includes everybody. And so for us to think like Christ would be to accept everybody is included in this. And so it brings us kind of to the place today where we want to relate to you a little bit about why we believe God called us here. Um, God could have called anybody, right, uh, to come here. Um, it took us about eight months to hear from God that He that He that He wanted us to come. And it wasn't just a Okay, you know, we're an extra pastor in Jennings. No, <laughs> Jennings need more pastors. They've got 900 people that they need to serve, and they have one pastor there. So it's not like, you know, I was access in Jennings and just needed a place to land, you know, to, to have some work to do. No, we were, we were already overrun with work, <laughs> with two pastors there. So for us coming here wasn't a, like, you know, all right, good, Zach's gone, so there's a space, let me just fill it. No, it has to be God calling us here. And we started, we started serving here, preaching here, getting to connect with the people here, started loving the people here, started understanding what's happening in our, in our, in our parish, what's happening in this region, what's happening in this city. And we realized that, um, man, this is a divided city. This city is, is, a, is, a, is a diverse city. Of this area, it's probably the most diverse city. But it's also the most divided city. And so as we were thinking about these things, I would tell my wife, I said, hey, babe, you know what? This place really needs a couple like us. Because of, where we, because of how we've been prepared, this place, this parish, this area really needs people like us. I'm not saying it is us, because I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure yet, but this might be why God might be calling us here. And over time, we started hearing from God, and at one point, we just... We just realized we had to fast fast and pray, and we really had to hear from the Lord, which we did in the beginning of this year, and it led to Him clearly, clearly laying a burden on our hearts for this region, that He is to bring His kingdom through us into this kingdom and through us as a church. And so, yes, I think why God has chosen us to be a part of this leadership team here. We believe that we are builders and that we build people. And we help people connect with God. So wherever you're at, doesn't matter how long you've served Him or if you've not served Him at all, mm. we believe that God has called us to get you closer to Him. And then secondly, we, we build bridges between, we, we, what do you call it? We bridge the gap. Mm. Too much bridge in there. <laughs> between women and men and black and white and, and national, international. So wherever there needs to be a bridge, we can be your bridge. <laughs> mm. Yeah, 
and, and you know, God has given us a, an ability to stay in what is sometimes an uncomfortable space in between extremes. And that's often what is necessary to bring people together. We believe God has called us to bring Crowley together as one people. And that's going to probably take a long time, but it is definitely something that God has called us to do and what we're going to be laboring towards, um, striving towards, intentionally striving towards that. Um, and, 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 and so you'll, you'll have seen from our, from our video clip and some of the photos, some of our, you know, just the friendship groups we come from, we're, we're about bringing people together and helping people take hands and build something greater than just our own, what we come from. And it's when we take hands that we actually learn to benefit from one another's strengths and help mitigate one another's weaknesses. Um, and so that's really important. That's why we believe God has brought us here. And, 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 and also, we, we believe that God has called us to be kingdom builders. Uh, and what does that mean? Well, God has given us the grace to bridge the gap between our spiritual lives and our everyday life, between our church life and our work life. And, um, you know, um, between Sunday and the rest of the week, because we believe that there should be no difference between the two. How you operate in your workplace needs to be the exact same character and intention as when you're here or when you're in a life group, etc., etc. God wants us to bring, uh, bring, bring these worlds together so that his way of doing things, if you think of a, a domain of a king, which is a kingdom, right? Uh, the domain of a king. <clears throat> In the domain of the king, everything happens according to his ordinance, right? That's where, that's where the king's rule counts, and that's where people live according to the king's rule. Well, that's what God's kingdom is. It's not a religion. It is a government, it is a spiritual government that wants to come change the way that life is being done. Not just save people out of this life, but change the way this life operates. By bringing his thinking into our workplaces, into our, you know, into our groups, into our friendship groups, into everything that we're involved in. He wants that to be done the way he defines it, not the way we define it. So, no matter what you're involved in, whether you're involved in the entertainment world, whether you're involved in the sport world, whether you're involved in business, education, politics, government, you know, wherever you are, God speaks into that area of life and he wants to define it and determine how things happen there. And he, did, and he needs kingdom, he needs people that think like him to implement his ways in those areas. And that's God's call on our lives and, 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 and what we believe God is going to help us to accomplish in this region. And um, so, you know, there's this, there's this verse in the Bible where, where Jesus says, uh, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And then, um, you know, Pastor, Pastor Paul, excuse me, <coughs> the Apostle Paul uh, says, to, says to his um, protege Timothy, come follow me like I'm following Christ follow me like I'm following Christ and all we as a leadership are asking y'all to do is just follow us as we're following Christ we're not following Jesus perfectly but we're definitely following him passionately and intently 
And we're trying to, to bring our ways into alignment with His ways. And, and, and this really starts off with each and every one of us making an individual personal conviction decision. Like, I resolve to, to do this. I resolve to accept Jesus as the Lord of my life, where He defines me, where He gets to influence my opinions about matters. Before I post something on social media, I go, Jesus, does this honor you and does this portray your will? Not my perspective, not my will be done, but yours. And that sounds familiar. So I want us to pray right now, just a moment, have a personal connection with God right there where you are. Because I want to I let you know that this really starts happening for you once you make that decision to submit your life to Jesus' leadership. And see, sometimes in, in, in life we grow up in, in, in the church world, we grow up in, in, in a, in a you know, um, devout environment, but we don't realize that it's not those environments that make us become Christians, that make us be saved. It's actually the moment we make a personal decision to want to serve Jesus Christ. The moment we, decide, we realize that we can't save ourselves. None of our good works are going to bring us anywhere close to being accepted and saved. And the only work that we can depend on to get us there is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if I submit to say, Lord, I can't save myself. I need you. Please forgive me of my sin. I believe what Jesus did for me saves me. The moment you get to that place and you're ready to make that decision, that's when the miracle of rebirth takes place in your heart and you become a child of God. You become a child of God. It's not your work, but it's God's work in you that makes it happen. So let's all pray right now. And, and if, you have, if you have come to that place where you're ready to make that decision, you want to say, Lord, I am ready to accept the fact that I cannot save myself and I need you to save me. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I ask you today to accept me as part of your family. And you would raise your hand. If you can, if you can just raise your hand, we'll include you in a prayer where you pray with us to be saved today. We're going to all pray together. There. I see that hand in the back there. I see your hand, ma'am. That's awesome. Anybody else wants to have reached that point? Are you ready to make that decision? Thank you, guys. I see your hands. That's awesome. I want us to, as a family, pray a prayer of just dedicating our lives to Jesus together. Will you guys follow me in a prayer? Can we all pray together that we just help everyone who's making this decision today to say this prayer to God out loud? Now, the Bible says if you pray this prayer sincerely, a miracle will take place in your heart. So pray it from your heart. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we acknowledge today that we are sinners and that we've been separated from you. And that we cannot save ourselves. But today we confess that we believe in Jesus Christ. And that he died for us on the cross. And that he was raised from death to offer salvation to us if we believe. We thank you, Father, that today we can be included in your family and accept you as our Savior and appoint you as Lord over our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
And we encourage those people that made that decision today. This is probably one of the most important moments of your life that just took place today. See, today you were taken out of a place where you were separated from God and you were put in a place where you are now connected to God as His child. The Bible says in John 1.12, to all who believed, who have called on His name, to them He has given the right to be called children of God. You don't any longer have to call yourself a sinner from today forward. You can call yourself a child of God.